Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um... How much money do you need for retirement? That's a big one that comes across on a regular basis. And I wish there was a super simple, super easy answer. It's not that simple. Um, It depends on your budget. But I think that's something we should start thinking about in your world, right? How much do you need? There's no calculator that's going to figure everything out for you. There's no number that's magical. You have a retirement age, for sure. Then you have an income replacement rate of how much you're draining from how much you need. There's also a sustainable withdrawal rate, which is a better angle to go in your head. You know that saving is important. You get that. Sadly, not enough people in America do. Living your someday the way you want to dream means having a roadmap. I'm surprised at how many people really can't think beyond their current situation. In your 20s, you should start thinking, I wonder what a spouse looks like. In your late 20s, you should start thinking, what does a spouse look like with a kid and have a kid? In your 30s, you should start thinking about, whoa, I got this house and... I wonder what saving for college is going to look like. I got some big expenses coming. But then you're going to say, man, I work so hard, I want a nice place on the weekend. And there's all sorts of cottages up and down California. I know some people that they say, I have a cabin up in the woods. And you're like, okay, okay, okay. Let me guess. It's $1.4 million. It's not really a cabin. And then you find out, no, it's really a rustic cabin up in the woods. A bear broke into it. And it might cost versus $1.3 million. So you have to have a saving factor. So what I want you to do is by age 30, step one, remember those, those pictures of people walking on the beach and you see like nine steps and they're off into the future. That first step, you want one times your salary. The next big category is age, it starts at age 30, one times your salary. Have you ever saved one times your salary? Age 35, you should have two times your salary saved. This is just going to tell me if you're ready to play in the major leagues or not. By age 40, three times your salary. You can see where this is going, right? By age 45, four times your salary. By age 50, six times your salary. By age 55, seven times your salary. By age 60, eight times your salary. 
And by 67, 10 times your salary. So repeat, age 31 times, age 35, two times, age 43 times, age 45, four times your salary. Now, that's just, to me, a good number, 10 times your salary. So let's say you make $100,000. By retirement, you want at least a million. Because on top of everything, Social Security is going to give you a little bit, not much. But it'll pay some bills, especially the health care bills. So if you are the one type who has a Tesla and you want to drive a nice car in retirement, you're going to probably have to change that number at 67 to 20 times. And you're going to have to have a lot of these numbers sooner rather than later. Like age 50, you're going to want 10 times. Somewhere between age 50 and 55, you're going to want 10 times your salary. So if you want to live large, 20 times is the right number. Because you're living large right now on your salary. But what if you live a little bit too long? He don't want this money running out. Saving with a saving goal in mind. And I just like using that $1 million number. I think we could all relate to a $100,000 a year salary. I think we'd all think about, like, I could live off that somewhere in the United States, right? I just want to get you to a million. Because then you could keep it sustainable at roughly about a million dollars while paying yourself thirty to $40,000 a year income. Social Security would be another ten, fifteen thousand. So you're going to make forty to fifty-five thousand a year in income, and you could live off that a million, right? Roughly about fifty-five thousand with Social Security. But can you live off of it forever? How many emergencies are going to come up? Issues like that. You need to know when you're going to retire. So you need to, if you want to get ten to twenty times your salary, when are you going to retire? Age sixty, sixty-five, or seventy? Delaying it gets you more Social Security benefits. When you want to retire, changes your savings factors. For instance, if you're going to retire at age 70, you only need roughly eight times your salary. If you're going to retire at age 67, you need roughly 10 times your salary. But if you're going to retire at 65, you need 12 times your salary, right? How do you want to live in retirement? Changes your savings factor. If you want to live below average where you currently live, you only need eight times by 67, if you're going to live about as you are now, you're going to need at least 10 times. And if you're going to go above average, you're going to need 12 times. So if you think, I've worked so hard in my 40s and 50s that I want to now enjoy and go on four cruises a year instead of two. I want to go on four, um, you know, I guess cruises are cruises, right? Uh, I want to go on four exotic adventures in the jungle instead of two. So if you're going to live large in retirement, you've got to save more. If you're going to live below average, you can save a little bit less than the numbers I've been talking about. Knowing what savings factors are to you, and keep in mind, there's things that are going to you know, come out of nowhere. I've seen 65-year-old men have you know, children, like bam, almost like a gnat. You know, they meet a, a woman and boom, out comes a kid. And like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be 65, 75, I'm going to be 83 when my daughter goes to prom. I don't want to be 83 when my daughter goes to prom. Turn that thing off. That's a bad sitcom. But it's also very expensive later in life because you were thinking I'm going to retire at 65. Now you've got something that's going to cost you about $250,000 from age zero to 17. And if you want to pay for the college, it's going to be another 250000 So how much do you need to save for retirement? It's a huge question. And I hope you take it seriously. It's it's the one thing on this show that if you walk away with saying, I feel better about, I'm good. I'm good. So some good sources of information, your brokerage firm. 
if you have a 401k, 403b, 457 at work, it may be through TD Ameritrade, it may be through Vanguard, it may be through Fidelity, through Charles Schwab. You probably have an online account, right? Go to that online account and look for the word research and start reading some of the Standard & Poor's research or start reading some of the research that's available to you. There's a lot that you can do to educate yourself. And again, yes, I get it. You know, we love baseball, we love football, we love cars, we love the Indianapolis 500. We have distractions. But first things first, you need 10 times your salary before you retire, maybe up to 20, maybe as low as eight if you're going to inherit well. So there's too many factors to say what exactly the number is, right? Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. So I'm going to change things up this year for sure. I'll probably do a little bit more multimedia, Facebook or YouTube or something. I'm just waiting for the sign, and I think my first sign is to cut down a little bit more on TV, and then just start enjoying life a little bit more as we cruise towards retirement. No way. I remember we used to look at like Howard Stern and go, he only works five days a week, then he only works four days a week, then he only works three days a week. I think that's how it should be done as you get older, um, in my opinion. So real estate versus stock market, we've been talking about it a little bit today. The sharp rise in home values last year gave homeowners a strong infusion of cash in the form of home equity. It also helped more than half a million borrowers rise above water on their mortgages, which is still one of the more stunning things from 2006 to 2008. If you had bought a home um, in 2005, 2004, you might have bought at a tippy, tippy, tippy top that you're just now getting back to. And now you're no longer underwater. Homeowners with a mortgage represent about 63% of all properties saw equity increase 12% last year. So the average homeowner got $15,000 of equity gain last year. Collective gain across the United States, $908 billion. That's not bad. Um, That's a stimulus, right? States like California and Washington saw even higher price growth, so homeowners in those states gained an average of 44000 to 40000 respectively. Now, in Louisiana, where a double-wide trailer is considered a mansion, you got a double-wide? Which you hit the lottery or something? Um, you got basically $2,000 of equity. So every now and then when you see like Oklahoma City beat the Golden State Warriors, know that we got $44,000 plus in equity in our home, and they got less than $2,000 equity in their home. Now, they save a lot of time brushing their teeth. We've got 32 teeth to get to, to floss, to, to water pick, um, to brush. They got that one tooth, so they save a lot of time in Oklahoma City. <laughs> Tony Mendez, <laughs> BayAreaLoanSource.com. Let's talk about $16 trillion in housing market recovery. Woo! Yeah, I think that goes back to, what, 2010? It's a big number. Yeah, that's the swing that we had, about $16 trillion. Uh, and a lot of cities are still, um, believe it or not, under their last peaks. But most cities in the United States, we're talking large cities, are beyond their peaks. Um, and we'll talk about San Francisco metropolitan area. Uh, we are above it, again, hitting new peaks. So that's one of the nicest things about owning a home is you pay yourself principal. 
and you see the equity grow over time and you're like, woo, like you and I both have a rental. <clears throat> I think mine has like 10 years left on the loan. Yours has eight and right. We're racing to that. Get it paid <laughs> off because it's a rental. It's, it's okay to have a rental paid off. Maybe I'll tap it for equity later. Maybe I won't. We'll find out. But uh, it's kind of a nice feeling seeing like, whoa, now again, we both have rentals on the East Coast, so we're not seeing that $15,000 equity gain. So, but it's it's out there for a lot of Americans. Yeah, it's we run a lot of these scenarios on you know the mortgage side and whether or not to pay it off. Wow, look at um, that. The 7K gain in Virginia last year on equity and in North Carolina, $10,000 gain. <laughs> On average, then you look at California, California. forty four thousand. Yeah. Oh, I think it's white states like South Dakota. I think that's what's a zero. South right? Dakota, it's just white. It's yeah. blank. I.e., we don't know how to value real estate out here. How do you value a teepee? <laughs> Be nice or wigwam. It's nice living up there. So, I once went to my um, therapist and said, you know, I'm having crazy dreams every night that I'm a teepee and a wigwam. He goes, you're too tense. So. I'll take the rapists for 200. That's therapist. Did it take you all night to write that one? <laughs> wow. Tough crowd. Tough crowd. <laughs> maybe I really went to a therapist. And I, maybe I did think I was wigwacking man teepee and he thought I was just too tense. Oh my, my, my. So um, I think I'm taking a negative angle on real estate today and I'm not trying to. But let's talk about some of the things on home ownership that, you know, um, property taxes. You have to pay in good times and bad times. It's kind of like the homeowners association. You have to pay in good times and bad times. Yep, like that royalty fee. What? How much of that home equity in California is lost to home equity lines? Not home equity lines, but um, homeowners associations. Because in California, they, they, they differ like golden clay. You can get an HOA that's... Four thousand well, dollars a month. Yeah, you have an HOA. You, you could literally pay your house off and still have that payment. It's it's like a perpetual mortgage. Um, it could be a, a condo, for example. I've seen condo HOAs just simple, you know, two bedroom, one bath, run three, four, five hundred dollars a month, and you always have that. A five hundred dollar a month payment on an HOA is like a hundred thousand dollar mortgage. It will always stay on that, and it always goes up. It's like an arm that the rate it always goes up. Uh, that's definitely something that you want to pay attention to when you buy a condo. And why a lot of people don't stay in condos and they let a renter pay it if they decide to keep the property. Um, but going back to your point about whether or not you pay off a, a rental or not, um, I always think it depends on what kind of retirement you're looking at. Are you Do you have a pension or are you relying just on your 401k or IRA distributions? Are you going to get Social Security? Is all of that enough? And I, I think some people, you know, they make bad decisions later on in life and they go, oh, I'm going to leverage that. You talked about leveraging your property and then equity. Should I buy another one or should I put the money in the stock market or just sell the house and just pay the capital gains or 1031 exchange it into a property that I might move into? There's a lot of options that people forget that are out there for them that can save money in the long run. But it really does come down to how you're going to retire and what that property means to you. Uh, and we talk about this with clients all the time. You know, you're 50 years old. Why are you buying another property? I had a 70-year-old once who had a bunch of money and he wanted to buy a rental property. I said, Why? Um, what is this doing for you? Have you talked to your CPA? And he's like, no. Uh, why aren't you talking to your CPA, at least your CPA and maybe your financial planner? What is, what is your goal for that property? Is it it's something that's going to give you income in retirement? 
after it's paid off, you'll get a lot more. Yes, you'll pay taxes on the What's income. What's interesting about questions? You just you just sparked something in my head. Like when I bought that place in Raleigh, I didn't have any questions in my head. I just was buying it because I think I thought I should buy some real estate to go with my stocks. And now as I'm getting older, I'm like, does it pay for a kid's college? Do I turn it into a rental where I can make $14,000 a year in income? Which that's not a lot of money. It's not, but it could fund your, but if I do that for 20 years, long-term care, it could fund your insurance. It could fund a lot of things. And that's where um, it's a basic question. And Tony, like I could ask you, where are you going to be in five years? And you're like, I kind of still want to stick in the Bay Area because, you know, the mortgage closes, you're, you do mortgages for a living. Bay Area Loan Source, a $600,000 mortgage is going to be the same amount of work as a $100,000 mortgage in uh, Zimbabwe. <laughs> Ew, I am the Zimbabwe Mortgage King. You've just made $4 million. Just send me an email. <laughs> uh, you played the lottery last night? No. You can find Tony at BayAreaLoanSource.com. That's BayAreaLoanSource.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Black, talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. I tried to weave a show together that A, you can trust, and B, you know that I'm not going to scam you or hit you up for a reaffirmation of like how to make the most amount of money as fast as possible. Back in the 1990s, you could make a ton of money incredibly quickly by buying a tech stock after an IPO. Any IPO. People would come to my seminars and go, hey, you got a hot IPO tip for me? I'd say, any IPO. And it kind of worked within reason. That's not healthy. You kind of want capitalism to work over time. I do, at least. So, every now and then, you know, I, I kind of want to bring up some, some thoughts for you. I didn't get a lot of love growing up from my dad. Got soccer cleats, shin guards, clothes, books, school supplies. Not a lot of love. And guess what I wanted? <laughs> a lot more love. But the books and the video games helped as well, right? Um, I think you need to be careful as an investor. I, I, I really want you to be cautious, slow, thoughtful, um, put together a portfolio that makes sense for you. And also, I want you to have some goals. Um, I don't think you have to work till the day you die unless you haven't saved enough money. My dad worked until the day he died. I don't know, you know, in hindsight, what he would have done in, in retirement. I don't even have a clue. I don't know what that would look like for him. I would guess he would live somewhere outside of Washington, D.C., because that's kind of where he ended. But where would you end? I have that question for you, right? Do you have an answer? Probably not. And again, we don't need to answer every single thing here. So the stock market's always going to have a wall of worry. It's always going to have a wall of worry. I think some people are always going to have a wall of worry. And that's okay. Just at some point in time, get over it with the stock market. Because the wall of worry, it basically tracks negative ideas or negative factors. 
and the stock market, people will say things like, I think the market's ready for a crash. I think I, I want to go 50% cash. I got an email two days ago from someone who wants to go 50% cash. I got an email a year ago from someone who wants to go cash. I got an email two years ago from someone who wants to go cash. You've got mail. We always want to worry. And sometimes the wall of worry gets to us. A wall of worry sometimes consists of a single economic, political, geopolitical issue. It could be oil. It could be inflation. It could be interest rates. It could be things have been too good for too long. And the ability of the market to climb that wall of worry which, for the record, I have no climbing skills. I can climb a tree. Do not put me in front of a mountain. Can't do it. So when the stock market continues to like go, ah, we don't care about chemical bombs. Ah, we don't care about terrorism. Ah, we don't care about this president or that president. Being able to climb that wall of worries out there. So you, you got to know that, right? So knowing that, and somehow the stock market has gotten through World War One, World War Two, Gulf War One, Gulf War Two, Vietnam, Korea. It got through terrorism at the Olympics in the seventies. It got through nuclear races where we built up nuclear stockpiles and then we started to take down nuclear stockpiles. And then I don't know what we've done since then. But there was always a worry of, you know, Kennedy and Cuba. And the Russians, there's always going to be something to talk you out of it. The wall of worry versus the stock market. The stock market stands tall. That doesn't mean we're not going to have a bad year. It's been a while since we have. And earlier, I was talking about productivity and technology and how back in 1986, we were sending in our tax reforms. Only five only five tax preparing firms were willing to potentially send things in taxes on a tape from a tape drive through a modem. Do you remember tape drives? <laughs> I do. So with the results of like French elections, European elections, uh, I am French, uh, US elections, there's always like, I wonder if that new guy's going to be market friendly. I wonder. So, how many people I've talked out of not selling half? I don't know. I don't know. Um, but I do know that rock, paper, scissors, that Social Security is not going to be enough for me. I do know that before I die, I don't want to see the Great Wall of China. It's just a wall. Now, if it was the Great Wall of China with like the best art on ever thrown on it, I'd be like, woo! I don't want to see the Sphinx. Probably looks like a dozen pictures. I don't want to see the hanging gardens of Babylonia. Probably good enough to see it in history books, right? Right. But I do want to experience life after work. So I believe in Wall Street. I believe in the concept of it, of capitalism. Famous last words. Hasn't been for 100 years. So you get CNBC, you get... Kind of the it should be the, called the Wall of Worry Network, but then again, you also wouldn't want it to be the CNBC Fraternity Party Network. And he's nuts! They're nuts! They know nothing. I love Kramer. <laughs> um, clowns are funny, right? No, clowns aren't funny. Um, so Kramer was a hedge fund guy, and he later becomes a TV personality. I think he's way better as a TV personality than as was as a hedge fund guy. 
Um, with that said, you know, he doesn't know you. So in the end, you're gonna have to believe in capitalism, go out and find your own way. I, I wouldn't take advice from someone I don't know. I, I, you know, for me to come out and say, I own shares of Apple, I'm also saying, go do your own homework on Apple. I get that you want to own it. Goldman Sachs talks about Tesla. And Tesla's been fantastic as a company to watch. They are, um, what is the word? The epitome, the epitome, shall we say, of, I don't get it. Bitcoin is pretty close, but Tesla's really close <laughs> to a company that just loses. Well, no, I guess they're not. Maybe Amazon would be. Amazon lost money year over year over year. They're like, we're going to sell books. Why didn't Tarzan have a beard? It's the question of the day. Question of the day. Um, anyone have an answer? Anyone? Was he follically challenged? I know you're saying, oh, cute. Now we have another term to, to label people. The follically challenged. Yeah, that's a good one. So Amazon said, let's sell books online. And they said, let's sell DVDs online. Let's sell CDs online. Let's sell... And they kept losing more and more money. And Bezos was smiling all the way to the bank. He's like, I don't care. I'm going to lose money. It's growing revenue. See the revenue? Look over there, guys. Revenue. No, no, no. Don't look behind that door. No, no, no. no. There's no earnings behind that door. And Tesla's kind of doing the same thing. I don't know how comfortable I am with Tesla always issuing new shares. It makes me a little nervous. So that's out there. Um, the thing that makes me nervous with companies is when they raise capital because they're burning through cash. Raising capital sounds nice, right? But if I were to tell you Tesla basically has a barrel of cash, oh, they just lit it on fire. They need, they, they're, they're asking for more cash. You're going to be like, what? Wait, wait, I just gave you a, a barrel. Don't! So they make me nervous. I get it. I, I choose not to participate in companies like that. Did I miss Amazon? Sure. Am I going to miss Tesla? Sure. If I do, I'm going to go with the own 1%. What's the worst that can happen, right? Own 1%. What's the worst that can happen? I think that's a fair statement in my world. So, um, same thing, by the way, with, same thing, by the way, with um, Bitcoin. You know, Bitcoin's just, it doesn't make sense to me. If you want to own it, own 1% and move on. Don't get fascinated. Like, I'm going to strike it rich. I'm going to be rich, rich, filthy rich. It's like that. Do you remember when Daffy Duck, was it Daffy Duck? I get the ducks confused. Yeah, it was Daffy Duck. When he get into Alibaba's, he gets into Alibaba's cave. And um, I think it was a Bugs Bunny Daffy Duck combo. And Daffy Duck gets shrunken down to the size of like three inches. And he grabs a pearl. He runs around. And he goes, I'm rich. I'm rich. I'm filthy, stinking rich. That's where you get into problems when you don't believe in capitalism and you believe in you're smarter than the system. Coming up, more Rob Black. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. So I've spent the last couple segments trying to show you that in your 20s, you need to start growing up a little bit mentally. There's 10 commandments for you. 
If you want a copy of the commandments in your 20s, drop me an email at rob at robblackshow.com. If you want a, a list of the commandments in your 30s, drop me an email at rob at robblackshow.com. If you want a list of commandments in your 40s, good luck. I can tell you a couple things. When you leave your job and your 401k, 403b, 457 has 200, 300,000, someone's going to be there praying on you and say, hey, do you want an annuity? Hey, I do a radio show on the sports channel. I pay $5,000 an hour for it. You want an annuity? Because I need to make that $5,000 back. $5,000 for an hour on sports radio. You know why? Because the people who listen to our sports radio, wealthy white people. Because they can't play the sport. We'll certainly watch other people who can. I carelessly live their best days through professional athletes. Growing sadder every day. More depressed. Their kids are growing up without a dad. Dad's working too much. But you get the idea. So I'm trying to show that like simple things are not that difficult to pull it off. And if you want a list, that's great. I can I can get you started. Then I could get you started on like the Robinhood app. Should you use the Robinhood app? Sure. I think it's a great idea. You can buy and sell stocks with no commissions all on your phone. Sure, but don't do it at lunch when I'm talking to you. Keep in mind I wear a necklace because my eyes are right up here. And like I don't want you looking at your phone and, and trying to do stocks because that's not what stocks are. To me, they're investments. But yeah, if you want to do Robinhood, that's that's great. If you want to do Acorns that takes part of your payment that you just did at the store and rounds it up and puts it in a saving account for you, that's fine too. Just don't come to me when you're 45 years old and have nothing and say, I'm ready. Because it's too late. My advice at this point in time, marry wisely. If you're 45 and have nothing, me, I'm going to go hang out at like a burn clinic. And find someone that's like severely disfigured. And I'm going to like, like go, yeah, you look good. If I have no money and I'm 50, I'm going to do whatever I can to marry well. I know you're saying, really? Am I exaggerating a bit? Good question. Think about all the gold diggers out there. I mean, there's a term gold digger for a reason, right? You're young and beautiful and have no money. And then you, you say, I'll go with someone who's 30 years older than me. Feed him bacon every day. The only damn song of Kanye is that I, I, I like. Everything else is above me or beyond me or just blows me away. Like He's so creatively genius, like I can't follow it. Mary Wisely, if you have nothing. I know. Or plan to work till the day you die. But see, the sad news about that is, like I said, sometimes when you get older, you can't work anymore. Your plan was to work till you died. You came up with this craft, like, I can make pots or pottery. I can glaze them and sell them. I can make just enough money. It's not good. So if you want a list of things to do in your 20s and 30s, I can send that out to you. Drop me an email, robertroblackshow.com. It, it's not that hard. Like, you want to set priorities. You want to make a budget. Mint.com is a good budget. There's so many good companies. LearnVest has a good budgeting tool. You want to put it on your phone. Today, instead of watching Jimmy Fallon memes or YouTube channel, hey, if you like what you just saw, me being wacky with Jennifer Lawrence, subscribe here. Pay a little attention to your finances. Make a little love to yourself. Take a look at your budget. 
Is there any area that you can cut your budget? The classic one I keep hearing about is call your cable company and get that $200 bill cut down to $150. It's still $150. Read a book. Set priorities, make a budget. Bank. In this day and age, bank. I know it's it, it's it's kind of a crazy thought, but you could use online banks, you could use banks, whatever. Just bank. Don't live paycheck to paycheck. Your 401k, your 403b, your 457 are the greatest investment vehicles of all time. You're putting money away that's not taxed by the federal government. After that, if you've been taxed and you don't have a 401k, 403b, 457, go with a Roth. You've already been taxed on it. You're going to grow tax deferred. Later in life, it's going to come out with no taxes. That's pretty damn sweet. Sweet. Especially if you're rich. If you're poor, the Roth, meh, you're going to be in a low tax bracket anyway. If you're rich and you want to get like a super RV that's got like satellite TV in it and 70-inch TVs with 8K, I know you're saying, they don't even make content for 4K yet. You're already up to 8K? Ladies and gentlemen, I'm kind of a big deal. So 401k, 403, 457 are great. Uh, Roth IRA is great for saving. Drive me an email. I'll send you a guideline of everything you need to know. Rob at robblackshow.com. It's rob at robblackshow.com. You've got mail. Yes, you do have mail. Um, other things to be aware to note, um, buying stocks has a lot more risk than not. And I know you, you look at Apple and Amazon and Tesla and Google and Netflix and you go, this is easy. Okay, now pick 10 more stocks and show me how they've done in the last 10 years. Okay, no, no, no. Now after that, pick 10 more stocks and show me how they've done. If you could show me a list of 100 stocks that you're not cherry picking, I I see people give me their portfolios and usually there's like five shares of Netflix. But then they have like 5,000 shares of Iconics or something that like has gone totally out of business. Oh, they've got Excited Home and they've got Yahoo and like all these companies that like went from 250 down to five. Exodus Communications. Picking stocks is tough. Try not to do it. Go with indexes or go with ETFs. Control your debt. I can send this stuff for you. Like college, when your kid goes to college, it's going to be somewhere between forty dollars and $100,000 a year. So when you have that baby, start thinking in 18 years, I, I need to come up with forty dollars to $100,000 a year for four years in a row. Or you can tie his right arm behind his back and make him a lefty. Either or. I'm Rob Black.